You're listening to the West End Frame Show. Hello and welcome to the West End Frame Show. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins, and I have an amazing co-host with me today. And we have been trying to do this for a while, haven't we? We really have. This is like third time lucky. Um, So let me introduce him. I first saw him on stage in Styles and Drew's musical, The Three Little Pigs, when it transferred to the West End following an Australian tour. You were the big bad wolf, right? Oh my God, I didn't know that was the first time he saw me <laughs> yes I played uh, Bar one of the pigs and then I took over from Simon Webb oh. and played the wolf but that was in the West End right the West I'm, End, sure, yeah, the I, I'm sure I saw you as the big bad wolf Quite possibly, yeah. It was also my cover then. (laughs) But then I went to Sydney Opera House and played the role. Incredible. Um, His other West End credits include The Lion King uh, and Avenue Q. And then he's done so many shows, literally too many to mention, we don't have time. Um, But he's also worked on screen. Most recently, he appeared in the world premiere of 101 Dalmatians, the musical, at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre, after leading the cast of Proud at the King's Head. Complete gear shifts Mm-hmm. Um, he's just joined the West End production of Moulin Rouge at the Piccadilly Theatre as part of the ensemble whilst understudying Santiago and I was Lautrec. Lautrec, yeah, perfect. Look at me. Lautrec. <sighs> yeah, yeah, minus the accent. Um, and as if all of this wasn't enough, somehow he finds time to work in the world of fitness with Barry's UK. He writes for Gay London Life. He's also um, out here as a landlord. Like he's doing all the things. So I don't know how he has time to be here, but I'm very, very grateful. So welcome to the West End Frame Show, Tafik Falarin. Hello. How are you? I'm well. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You have dressed as the room. Look. <laughs> this, soundproof. This room has, I know. <laughs> like a gargoyle. Category number. is soundproof. <laughs> no, you have dressed as the soundproofing. You're all, you're all orange. I'm wearing bright orange. Burnt orange, I think it is, isn't it? Also, what people can't see is that Tafik is literally, when he was doing that, um, you're listening, welcome. He was like schmizing down to <laughs> the microphone. He was like seducing the microphone like nobody ever has. He's come to play. He means business. Always. <laughs> so what gear... Is your brain in? Like, where are you at? You just joined a show. You're open. You've literally jumped from show to show to show. You have 500 side hustles and other businesses mm-hmm. and job things that you do. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is going on inside your mind? How are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling good. I guess currently it's like coming towards the end of the year. I'm just trying to find balance, really, in my life at the moment. What's that? Who's she? Exactly. Who is she? I've not seen her for a long time. So, but I'm welcoming welcoming her back. Um, <laughs> and I just mean bal- like work life balance um, between work and fitness, and actually me just having downtime and looking after myself. Wellness is really important to me. So actually making sure I practice what I preach mm-hmm. is super important, and finding the time to do that like at the moment my schedule is chock-a-blocked your day-to-day is a man because you're like up teaching really early in the morning mm-hmm. and you're working all the way through to like late at night yeah doing yeah and at the moment i think it's a little bit more intense because obviously we have cover rehearsals for the show right now 
um, as you mentioned, I cover those two roles. So right now, things are probably a little bit more hectic than they will be in the new year. Mm -hmm. I am also doing a master's in psychology, just to add a little flavor on you top of my workload. No. <laughs> She's insane, what right? possessed you? <laughs> you That's know, pretty interesting. Yeah. Though. I've always been interested in psychology. I've worked a lot around mental health and sexual health, particularly in the LGBTQ community. And I just really wanted my work to be grounded and have a solid foundation. Um, so academia was the way. <gasps> so with Moulin Rouge, what was the sitch before auditions came up? Did you know the show? Did you actively want to do it? Had you seen it? Did you go in blind? Um, I have. I had seen the show. So one of my best friends in the whole wide world, who I did Lion King with, Melissa Nesselford, who's an absolute star. Just went on the other week, right, for a cover that she hadn't The like, Shock, yes. yes. No, Arabia she went on for. Arabia she went on. Literally, Literally without no rehearsals. She had like two hours before, went on, smashed it. It was like she did it every night. Mm. Yeah, so proud of her. Um, so I went to see her in the show. Um, with my partner, also my mom and like my sisters, they all went to see her as well. So it was season one, cast one, um, and absolutely loved it. Fell in love with the show, and even when I was watching it, I wasn't thinking, "Oh, I want to be in that." Like I watched it and like enjoyed the show, but I was so immersed in what I was already doing that I didn't really think about it. And then the audition came up during Dalmatians, and here we are. <laughs> and you get to do the show with one of your best friends. I know. We actually <laughs> start the show together as well. Oh, it's, it's a moment. It's definitely a moment. What was it like to learn though? Because I mean, I mean, put your two covers to one side. Mm -hmm. You're also the ensemble tracks are full out. The routines are mega. Yes. The ensemble, it's one of those shows that really utilizes its, its ensembles, which we love to see. Yes. Um, but what was it like to kind of, was it overwhelming? You know, the rehearsal process was actually really nice. My track compared to some of the tracks in the show is calmer as far as like mm -hmm. the big full out dance numbers go. Like for instance, I get to watch Bad Romance. <gasps> you don't. I know. But like, don't get it twisted. The first time I watched it and I was just doing my track, I almost cried because I was like, I want to be doing that. However, now I'm quite content with my track. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. Um, but the rehearsal process was great. And it was really nice because also during rehearsals, I was able to step into my cover roles as well because obviously we didn't have the principal cast there for yeah, Santiago yeah, yeah. and all the tracks. So that was a really nice opportunity to kind of okay. get to grips with those characters before the show opened for us. They're both great covers to have, they right? Are. They're two incredible roles. And polar opposites as well. So different. Look one's Argentinian, one's French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the accents. All the accents. But they're both, they're both like character roles though, I guess. And yes. I mean, Santiago, the, the dance and the stuff you get to do mm. there will be epic. But like with a track just so funny and great you get lovely number and those more intimate moments it's yeah. so cool yeah i love i do really enjoy both roles santiago like is just thrilling he's absolutely insane he's crazy an amazing dancer um and he's just I, for me he's the funny one out of the two of them he's, mm. he's got so many comical moments and then Latrek is a lot more how do i put him um, is a lot more serious, but they're both bohemian. So they both have this like fantastical view on the world around love, freedom, hope, truth, all the Moulin Rouge morals there <laughs> <laughs> that we live by. Are standards. you super chill in real life? Like 
right now. Actually, whenever I've looked into you, you're always you're always so chill and lovely. Aww. But if you got that call that you were on today, would you pee your pants? Would you like be running around frantically? Would you be like, okay, great, and just strut your stuff? To it the would depend which time? role. <laughs> Why? What one are you more nervous for? Well, so I'm currently rehearsing Santiago. Yeah, so you've been. I do know both roles, but I'm currently rehearsing Santiago, so I feel like I'm I'm ready to jump on for that role. So if you got that call for Santiago, you'd be like, okay, great. Yeah, let's go, <gasps> let's do it. Even the trek, I'd be like, let's do it, because sometimes you just have to be thrown into the deep end. And, so you are chill then. Yeah, I think on the outside, on the inside, I'm probably like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, get me my ticket. Get me to the Piccadilly. I want to go and see it. And you have just had this incredible year mm. of being a show jumper. A and bit. not only just jumping from show to show, but like these completely different projects. Yeah. It's like Proud was this intimate play where you're giving me this leading man, well, giving everyone was me, <laughs> this leading man moment. It was so great. It was oh. an intense role. You were literally on, off, like on, 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 oh, on, like oh. running off to come back on again um, and doing like physical theatre and all these cool things. Mm. Then into a new musical, this epically long rehearsal process and then into a, taking over and like one of the biggest shows in the West End. Like, so cool that's a dream and it shows you'll be able to show everyone all the different things you can do must feel quite nice yeah i mean when you put it like that you know when you're in the midst of it you don't really have time rather i don't really have time to maybe even sometimes sit back and acknowledge that so it's really nice to hear it read out like that not read out you didn't read from anything (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah it has been an insane year um, proud, I guess, was the start of that. And you know what? Just also needing to acknowledge um, lockdown. So this was coming out of the other end of lockdown and things starting to reopen again. So to have the opportunity. Was it right at the start of the year that was on? It really yeah. was, yeah. So for that to be my first kind of welcome back to the stage, I did it's exposing. My pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The King's Head, an amazing space. But like you say, so exposing. I was playing the lead role in it of a three-hander. So there was no escaping. There was no hiding. Um, but I like I learned so much on that job, which I think has now prepped me for everything since. Mm. And the same thing, to then go from that to a completely different rehearsal um, experience with 101 Dalmatians, everything that happened with that show. And it was an experience obviously Regent's Park beautiful space but then you're battling against the elements right in the middle of a heat wave a really long rehearsal process and it was a lot of devising and really finding the language of the piece Mm -hmm. which then allowed me to then step into Moulin Rouge which is again great because the language has already been found it's already been established so each um, project has actually complemented each other and allowed me to kind of give me the tools to be ready for the next one. So mm. everything happens for a reason. Um, always grateful. Gratitude is a huge, huge thing for me. So yeah, try and stay grateful. That, the talent is speaking. We love to Aww. see it. That's what we want. <laughs> it's incredible. Side note, that night when I came to um, 101 Dimensions, I did, like, it was just, it was just such a small thing, but it was so funny. You were like dancing around and you put that sign up and then the sign didn't stay up, it like <laughs> fell. And you like effortlessly like leaped and you grabbed it and you like stood there holding this sign for this scene and it just like, it was like nothing went wrong. You were like seamless, but it was yeah. so funny. I could see it in your eye. You were like, <laughs> You could see it in my eyes, what? <laughs> you were like, ah! Yeah, that also was my track. I was, oh, cause I was swinging on Dalmatians, but an onstage swing that was in every single number. Great. <laughs> 
is busy. <laughs> um, are you ready to dive in with me and have a bit of a stagey catch-up? I would you? love to. I'm probably the most least stagey person you've ever had on this show. Just wait. I'm going to bring out the stage. Uh, okay, let's I'm go. I'm going to bring out the stagey. Get strap yourself in. So coming up, we are going to be discussing Glory Ride, A Christmas Carol, and the Book of Mormon. Talk about diversity, all different shows there, as well as all latest news about Operation Mincemeat, Wicked, and lots more. So, first up, let's discuss some of this week's theatre news. Um, Tafik has this. Is that tea or coffee? You got coffee? Coffee. The coffee is out. <laughs> <laughs> He's strapped himself in. He's ready. Ah! So, first big news this week was that Mrs. Doubtfire is transferring to the West End following its UK premiere in Manchester. The show will begin previews at the Shaftesbury Theatre on the 12th of May with an official opening night on the 22nd of June following the sad closure of Anne Juliet. Mm. Um, So, the show is based on the 1993 film starring Robbie Williams and follows a down-and-out actor who creates an alter ego in the form of Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire to stay close to his children. So we know that the principal cast is to be led by Gabriel Vick um, as Daniel Hillard, who's reprising his performance from Manchester, alongside Cameron Blakely, Marcus Collins, um, and lots of wonderful people, including mostly ensemble, I think, are transferring through. Um, a few uh, other bits of casting um, and switches are to be announced. So watch this space. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire comes to us from Broadway. I had a bit of a bumpy run on Broadway due to the pandemic. It was like, had like three previews and then the pandemic hit Still and then it wild. reopened and then it had another hiatus because Broadway still wasn't back up and running properly. Um, and then it eventually closed and finished its run after 43 previews and just 83 regular performances, which is really sad. Um, there's been a lot of conversation about this show this week um, from all different angles, especially from the trans community, because, of course, this is a show about a man dressing up and pretending to be a woman to, you know, to achieve his goals, in this case, to win back his kids and to, you know, sort out his family life, etc. Um, but essentially making fun of something or, like, dampening something, which is actually a really serious thing for people, their gender identity. Mm. What are your thoughts? You're giving me looks over there. No, I mean... I mean... Firstly, Mrs. Doubtfire was what, like one of my most favourite childhood films. Same, same. And there's so many things that I think crop up from the past, from our, like historically, like films that we've watched that you don't actually realise are problematic or can be problematic to the community, particularly the trans community. So I'm, I'm actually not 100% what my view on the musical is yet. Um, because I do absolutely love the film. And I think it all depends on how the role is played, also how the role is cast, and also just playing with integrity and kind of at least acknowledging the community and the problems around um, cross-dressing, doing it in drag, etc. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it is, yeah, because if, it's so funny because you do it does make you question and, and think back. So Mrs. Doubtfire was literally my favourite film when mm. I was a kid. And of course, Robbie Williams is like one of my favourite, favourite actors. Legend. Yeah. Um, just incredible. And in my memory, what I remember of the film, you know, to become Mrs. Doubtfire, he was literally putting on like a mask, you mm. know, like a different face was moulded for him, right? Well, this is it, which is very different to someone transitioning or even someone in their, drag. Their, or, yeah, or their gender identity just right. changing or being it, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
But, and they, and they have said as well, I think on Broadway there was some sort of consultation that happened with people that were trans and mm -hmm. some sort of conversation. But ultimately, we are discussing something that we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to draw because if it is making, uh, like, it's, if it's doing it in a very light way or a very cliche way or mm -hmm. in a silly throwaway way, I can totally get why that mm -hmm. would be Offensive, upsetting. Yeah. But essentially, we have a major issue where there's a wider issue here in our theatre where we just don't see enough trans representation Correct. or people with different identities being represented in shows. Yes. Um, like what Reese's Park did with uh, Lady Bourne was incredible and what mm. they wrote at Hope Mill. But, you know, those are two anomalies. It's not, mm. we're not seeing that sort of representation on stage. There's a lot of incredibly talented people um, who we're just not seeing represented on stage. And that is a major, major issue. So I'm glad that this is being brought to the forefront and being spoken about. Um, and I really hope that Mrs. Doubtfire isn't offensive and isn't a big backward step because that would be really disappointing, especially seeing as it's replacing Anne Juliet, which makes some brilliant points about right. gender. So, um, you know, it's always... I hate going on social media and seeing people like devastated and mm. upset and like in pain it's like it's just such a shame and it shouldn't be what this industry is about but people have to speak up and have to fight for what they stand for and you know it's, yeah it's completely difficult. agree I mean it's also really important that the industry listens to these voices that are speaking yes. out because that's the only way that change is is going to happen because a lot of it can come down to just complete ignorance you know totally so it's really important that we do speak up and we do share our views and we listen yeah yeah, yeah totally listen. that so listen <laughs> <laughs> so watch your space Mrs Doubtfire coming to the West End next year um we'll see so next up, we have another show coming into the West End. West End is busy. Um, Operation Mincemeat. Ooh. So this is a show which has had runs at the new Diorama Theatre in 2019. It had several runs at Southwark Playhouse, most recently with uh, most recently Riverside Studios, and now it's heading to the West End for a run at the Fortune Theatre next spring replacing The Woman in Black, which mm -hmm. is closing after a 33-year run. That is incredible. Did you not know Incredible. 33 years. Yeah. But I kind of, I remember when it opened. <laughs> how? <laughs> you, you don't know how born. old I am, do you? No. <laughs> Shh, we won't go into that. Oh anybody. my gosh. Um, okay, afterwards. But it was, it was also there, like when I did my first job on the West End. And I just, yeah, I remember when the film came out and everything. So yeah, it has been a long, a long time. The film came out, yeah, the film came out after, I remember, I, yeah. yeah, I was saying last week I went to see it on a school trip and it was like oh, really? a crazy, like everyone was crying and yeah. it was like crazy. But um, Mrs. Uh, Operation Mincemeat has had this incredible journey, it was written by this kind of small theatre company, they're all friends as well, mm. um, Spit Lip Theatre, it's a lovely podcast them at the end of last year for In The Frame, our interviews podcast, and this show has been setting theatre land to light, every fringe one it's had has been totally sold out, it's really funny, um, very different style and they've said it's going in for a limited run um, from the 29th of March through to the 8th of July but if they keep that hype and that momentum mm. going as it has been so far I think it might be staying out for a little bit longer um, so tickets are on sale now and I cannot wait to go and see them and go and support that show 
Um, in some other news, Wicked is set to embark on a third UK and Ireland tour, opening at the Edinburgh Playhouse next Christmas. Oh, just in time for Christmas. And it's just before the film comes <gasps> out. Ooh. I'm surprised. I thought they might have waited like an extra year so it kind of sided with the film mm. being out. But yeah. maybe, I guess, with more casting and the build-up, there'll be lots of press going on. Yeah. So it's a good time for them to be out and about. And, um, yeah, I'm thrilled. Um, Broadway musical Head Over Heels will receive its UK premiere at the Hope Mill Theatre next year. Following its sell-out run at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Tabby Lamb's play, Happy Meal, is transferring to Brixton House for a London season from February. Mm. So actually talking about um, like gender identity and trans representation, it, that is the most incredible show of like trans joy mm. and just two people discovering their identity and discovering who they are whilst it goes back through all the um, different ages of social media so it's like um, it starts with Club Penguin and it goes on to like MSN Messenger oh my gosh it's really reminiscent it's really that cool. sounds great it's really great yeah. and MySpace yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the different things it's like I remember that I remember yeah. that and it's really funny really joyous like life affirming play um, so we love to see that um, and then finally Leighton Williams Rachel John Oliver Ormson Laura Pick and more will join Trinae Holmes for West End Musical Christmas at the Lyric Theatre on the 19th of December come on casting <laughs> <laughs> Stagey, explain yourself. Like when you were growing up, <clears throat> were you like secretly stagey back then? Has the stage just left you? Have you never been stagey? Well, I mean, I think it all depends on how you define stagey. Like, I've always done theatre since the age of like 13, like starting off with National Youth Music Theatre, like at 14. So I guess if you were to look at my credentials, my you'd stagey probably say cards. you are hilariously stagey. But I guess, it, do you know what it is? I think it's because I do so many other things. So I don't necessarily always have both feet planted firmly in musical theatre because I do a lot of other things outside. I think I'm pulled in different directions. So I think that's probably why I don't think I'm extremely stagey. Um, but also nothing wrong with being stagey. You're probably like, you are extremely stagey, aren't you? You're looking at me now going, hun, <laughs> who are you kidding? Um, yeah. But it must be nice though. I think that's, I think that's good. I think that's healthy because mm. it can be a really consuming industry so essentially to focus your attention especially when you're not in a show on other mm -hmm. things some people literally are sat around like just needing that new job to get them back mm -hmm. to doing their passion about but you can if you have time off from a show you can go and do even more fitness classes you can do even more writing or you can right. buy even more properties to rent out <laughs> <laughs> well you know i i, I think um <laughs> I think everything that happened with COVID and lockdown was like a big learning curve for a lot of people in how much your identity relies on your career and and, and like have be, and also like what who are you without your career suddenly um, so I think a lot of people were able to kind of sit and think and discover new sides to themselves 
throughout that and yeah were you having to do lots of um like home workout were you teaching literally on from day one I'm, I'm just be the king of like the setup of self tapes now as well because literally from day one <laughs> the ring light was out yeah. the phone was in the tripod and we were on instagram doing those lives we also did like a 24 hour instagram fitness class yeah so but you weren't doing that for the full time not for hours. the full 24 hours no no we were just jumping in and out there was to raise money for um the nhs incredible yeah incredible. like fitness really helped me throughout lockdown so did theater actually because i did a few theater projects through lockdown which were just online so again all those little things that kind of kept me going but what is so cool about your career and what lots of people i'm sure would really envy if they were to look at the things that you've done is like you know you, you've ticked off those big west end shows like your lion kings and your avenue q's and your moulin rouge's but then you get to you've done lots of like like regional work mm. and smaller productions and plays and you've done all different areas. So like was that something that you always like consciously wanted to do or did that did you kind of like fall into those different opportunities? Um, I, you know, I think when I first started, for instance, when I was at training, I recognized I was quite a versatile performer and I didn't want to be boxed in. I know that's very cliche to say, but there were so many different things and avenues that I wanted to do and try. Um, and then opportunities kind of came my way and I'm not one to turn down an opportunity if I believe in it if, if my heart tells me yes that's something that you sh should be doing then I will go for it and vice versa if my heart's saying actually that isn't for you I'm very good at saying no and I've got better at that the older I've got like actually choosing the projects that I want to work on and there being a real good reason for me to want to work on the project other than it's a brand new show like it needs to have some integrity <laughs> to it for, for me as an as a performer as an actor like I want to believe in the piece I want to like it to have heart and soul and then I can give my all to it yes <laughs> come on um should I tell you what shows I've seen this week I'm so envious that you get to see so many shows I really am and that's the other thing particularly like when you're in a show like even just you reading out what's coming I'm like okay well I need to take holiday for that right I'm going to book that <laughs> off but please tell what me the what, last have, show that, what last... haven't you seen it's probably easy. <laughs> well do you know what I've actually I've the last until this week I've been I only saw like one show in the last two weeks you know okay it was a really difficult time Off for me <laughs> <laughs> it was really difficult so this week to be back in the theater three times i was like phew i know what to do again <laughs> it's like the whole evening routine like just think at home in the evening i'm like what do i do and um, what's the last thing that you saw the last thing that i saw was hmm oh! the witch in the wardrobe oh i haven't even seen that was it good? Yes, I enjoyed it. I need to go and see that. I need to go and see that before it yeah. closes. It's very Christmassy, actually. It's really beautiful it? to see around this time. Okay, yeah. okay. So the first show that I saw this week um, was this brand new musical that was being showcased at the other palace as part of its workshop called Glory Ride. Um, so this is a brand new original musical based on an amazing true story from the Second World War. And it basically was at the other palace for three days at a Monday night show and then a Tuesday and a Wednesday matinee and they just secured the most insane cast like all these West End leads you had like James Darch Daisy with Davis um, Ricardo Alfonso um, Neil McDermott Matt Blaker currently ran on Phantom of the Opera um, lots of amazing people and the show was telling the untold tale of an Italian Tour de France winner who used his fame and his bicycle to save hundreds of children from Mussolini's fascists um, it takes place in Tuscany and 
and like really drew on those influences, not just like the era at the time, but also it's hard to explain, but like the fact that it was cycling, that you could just like hear that in a lot of the music. Mm. It was very clever the way they brought mm. those kind of themes together. And like I said, this untold story, completely different kind of thing. I love sit- sitting down at a show and having no idea what's mm. about to happen. Especially this was like, well, script in hand, like iPad in hand. Mm. Um, they were had just been doing a workshop for a week or whatever, and this was them presenting it to, the, with, for the, to an audience for the first time. And it's such a privilege to be in those sorts of audiences. And of course, like, it needs work, and there's things they could do, and I think they could, you know, like, some of the songs could maybe fly even more. Um, but it was, it was really interesting, and it was a really strong cast. Mm. Um, and you know these like untold stories are interesting I see it being more as like a you kind of show that run at the German Street Theatre mm. or at the other power studio or something for like a limited run rather than it's not gonna I, I don't see it being like a massive West mm. End long runner like New Les Mis um, but there's definitely like a story to be told here and some nice music some really talented people involved with it at the moment um, Sean Carrison directed it and brought it all together yeah. and um, it was kind of exciting to see really mm. so, so nice to see it at that early stage as well before it's got to where to reach its full its fullest potential mm. right mm. do you love a workshop I love a workshop <laughs> I do of course you do because yeah. that makes you even more busy that's also like for me that's a like really fun part isn't it like finding it and creating it and getting things wrong and then like getting things right and going oh wow that's clicked for me now and actually yeah just seeing a piece grow and like yeah like I say achieve its fullest potential because at the beginning something can be good but then you want it to be excellent. You want it to be breathtaking. Mm. So getting it from A to B is like, mm. I really enjoy that process. But how do you feel then about sitting in a long run? How do you define, do you define a long run hard? Um, I don't because uh, this, is, this is the thing. Like with the long run, although what you're doing on stage may be the same as what you did last night as far as choreography and blocking, but you can, everyone's energy is different every single night. Mm. So the piece is never the same. Although the the words and the script may be the same, the choreography may be the same, but the energy that each individual brings into the room isn't. And then that kind of has a knock-on effect. It's like cause and effect. So every night so far, at least, is thrilling. Well, especially Moulin Rouge, your audiences are crazy. Yes. Have you had crazy audiences? Yes, Saturday night, Friday nights, they are ready to go. <laughs> we have like the table seats as well, right at the front. Oh, the can can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to sit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you see everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love it, Moulin Rouge. You can even hear gasps when the songs start. Mm, like when yeah. it's just up and down. There's just certain songs that when they start, people are like, oh my God, yeah. so clever, so funny. Like before, like you were just getting those audible responses all the way, the way yeah. through. You can hear that they're with you, right? Yeah, completely. Incredible. They love oh, it. I'm like, I need to come back. I need come to come and back. see you do it. I yes. will, I will. Um, okay, so other show I saw this week, I got a little bit festive. I went to see A Christmas Carol at the Old Vic. And this has been going to the Old Vic for years and years and Mm. years and years. I saw it the first year it was there. Um, I did see it once a couple of years later, but I hadn't seen it for like three or four years or something. Um, And Owen Teal is playing Scrooge this Christmas. Um, This is, of course, a new version by Jack Thorne. Um, It was on Broadway last year. Did you get mince pies? You got mince pies. Have you seen it? I have seen it. See? Look at you. Yes. You get mince pies and it just feels, it just like smells Christmassy. Yeah, it's really good And I was, they they do it all in the round Mm. at the Old Vic and I was like, where the stage normally would be. I had a really beautiful view. It was really stunning. Mm. So nice to like look out at a three-tier 
theatre. I guess that's what you get to do when you're on stage. But I was like sat in my seat, like looking out, and you mm. could like see all the way up. And um, the lighting, they have these like dangling lights all the mm. way through the set. And it just looked mm. so special. It looked so magical. And, um, you know, like A Christmas Carol, is, there's, always produ- there's always five million productions right. of it every they Christmas. They do it so well there, though. But they do, but yeah. exactly that. So I was like, okay, like, you know, I know what I'm going in for. But mm. actually, it enchanted me. Mm. It got me. I enjoyed it. And also, I love that the old vicar out here employing all these MT actors in this play, because there's so many MT people in there, um, including two of the ghosts that are played by Julie Jupp and Jenny Fitzpatrick, who were both amazing. They were so good. But the whole ensemble, the whole cast are wonderful. And I love, this is so good, the final scene, generally, like, they get everything ready for Christmas and there's like Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. coming down from the balcony and there's all the different ingredients going from all over the theatre and it gets a bit interactive. It's just, it's joyous and it's funny and everyone's laughing and it's just, um, it gets it gets the tone exactly right. Mm. And there wasn't an empty seat, like it was so Oh, I love full. that for them. And that was in November, yeah. like December, <laughs> it's going to be, like, that's just, the reason they do it every year, I assume, is because it probably just sells out. Yeah, it was a few years ago that I saw it because my, my friend Maria Omakunwa was in the show, who you probably know. Um, and yeah, it was sold out then. And I was a little bit like, oh, Christmas show, same like you. But like once I was there, sat in that audience, and like right from the get-go with like the mince pies and all the little extras that they like really kind of set the atmosphere, I was just like, yay, it's Christmas. And I'm not the most Christmassy either. <gasps> <laughs> not stagey, not Christmassy. Do you have a Christmas tree in your place? Not yet. But I, will I, you? There's no room for a Christmas tree. I've just got boxes everywhere right now. <laughs> it's a fixed movie. <laughs> but will you get a Christmas tree? I will. I will. Okay, I've got a Christmas tree holder for like a real Christmas tree. There must be Christmassy things in the West End though. Like, surely there's like Christmas jumper warm up day or Christmas warm up day. Yeah, we you do have, have like that. And the Secret Santa is always good fun. Yeah, in the West End you get like a you get like a celeb a to come celeb, in and be yeah. your Secret Santa. <laughs> sit on their knee. Good fun. <laughs> See, you are, see, you are very stagey. I had Graham Christmassy. Norton one year. Did you? Mm, what in Avenue that? Q that was in. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, we looked out. Did you love doing Avenue Q? Oh, so much. Definitely one of my favourite shows I've worked on. Because, yeah. damn, we're talking about, like, extreme audience reactions. Yes. And just, yeah, the writing is just brilliant. The two roles that I played were completely polar opposites again. What roles did you play? Uh, Nikki Trekkie and Gary Coleman. And mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue. The other show I saw this week was The Book of Mormon. Oh, great. Same writers. Same writers. Um, and this is the UK tour that I saw in Glasgow at the Theatre Royal. And Rob Colvin, Robert Colvin, who I've known for a long, long time, has been playing out of price on the national tour in mm. America and this whole UK and European tour. And I basically finally got to see him do it, got to see this production in its last kind of penultimate week yeah. um, of the rungs as the tour's about to wrap up. And this is my first time seeing Mormon for a couple of years, actually. I haven't seen it since the pandemic. Maybe last saw it 2019 or something. Um, and I do enjoy a bit of the book of Mormon. It's funny. It's got an incredible score, etc. But I just, I'd forgotten how good it is and how slick it is. Mm. Um, and it was great to see it in Glasgow, with that audience who like who just none of them knew it at all. Mm-hmm. Um it was you know, it was like a very specific vibe. Glasgow audiences are great. And they were just lapping it up. They couldn't believe <laughs> what was happening. You know, like in turn it off when they have you seen yeah. the moment? Uh, yeah, I've only seen I saw it so many years ago. I saw original cast on Broadway. Oh, I've not seen it. On Broadway? Oh my god. 
Rush. Insane. That must have been wild. Yeah, it just happened to be on. Yeah, it was insane. So you tell me not stagey, but slash you saw the original <laughs> cast of the uh, woman yes. on Broadway to peak. I love a bit of Broadway. Do you? Do you love going to New York? I do. I've got friends that live there. My grandma was also from New York as well. Give I need those contacts, please. Yeah. I need to, <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to stay. I would go all the time. What other things? What are your other favourite like things that you've seen on Broadway? Um so I was there two years ago and um I saw a play called The Slave Play. If you don't know it, like anyone out there check it out um jeremy o'harris was the writer and he's actually recently had something at the almeida um called daddy issues yeah I think so. brilliant yeah really really amazing play the best thing i can trump you on book of mormon original cast is i saw the original cast of hamilton on Broadway, oh wow okay which okay. was like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and those vibes those vibes you like you feel lucky to be in that audience you really yeah but no I felt lucky to be in this audience in Glasgow seeing the Book of Mormon and I've forgotten how slick it was. What I was saying now is the reaction to turn it off, you know, when the Mormons are dancing and they clap their hands, the lights come on and they've got those um, pink sequin mm-hmm. um, waistcoats on and like, they just couldn't believe, they all just couldn't believe what was happening <laughs> and what was going on. They were screaming and it was raucous. Um, and then his company were really strong. So like I said, Robert Colburn has been in this role for a while. He was a really different elder prize because like, Normally people just belt it and it's like, ee, but he was giving me vibrato. Oh, he oh, was eating up these oh. notes. I didn't know you could sing it. I didn't know that you would be allowed to sing it like that. Mm. It was really cool, really good, really strong. You and me, but mostly me, was epic. It's this just... is last week, so maybe he's not yeah. allowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, exactly. Um, it, you and me, but mostly me, was like so strong. That can be a really hard song to do. Um, and it was great. Then we had Connor Pearson, who's been doing Elder Cunningham again for years mm, in all different productions. Yeah. Just totally hilarious. And you know how he can never pronounce Nabalungi's name? Mm. Um, one of the times in Act 2, he called her Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> which just got the most insane reaction. I mean, insane reaction. In London, before the pandemic, they were often saying Nigel Farage at that point right. in the show. Yeah. Um, but Nicola Sturgeon, like one of the biggest responses I've ever yeah, seen. Brilliant. They loved that though. Like I remember when it first opened, it was at the time of the horse meat scandal. Do you remember when that horse meat scandal was happening and it was like horse meat in our sausages and stuff in shops oh, so, gosh, like a big, yeah. so they changed um in um salt lake city to like the horse meat there is plentiful like she added that <laughs> in it was hilarious yeah. they love like a topical, topical yeah. reference and actually talking about Balungi, aviva tali was stunning mm. as Nabalungi. She like she looked so young and had this sweet, beautiful voice. Mm. But I don't like either. She's a comical genius, or she has no idea how funny she is because she was hilarious, <laughs> but playing it so straight. Yeah. Um, and just like was I was dying. Um, and voice was just totally stunning. And then Jordan Lee Davis. I don't know. If, don't know if you know Jordan, but um. He's like probably the campus person. Who am I be saying that? In the whole of the West End, stagier than any of us and all of us. Um, and he's playing Elder McKinley and just lapped it up. Like he was having a field day doing the most. And he just kept doing these little, like, because obviously the whole joke is that Elder McKinley's like, I've, you know, I'm not gay. You find that box, you crush it. Okay. Um, and then he just kept doing these little camp movements and the audience were just latched onto <laughs> oh, him. Brilliant. And um, it was hilarious. It was so much fun. 
and um, it's great to see it, you know, on tour, smashing mm. it, and people getting to see the show around the UK. The whole cast are really slick and really great. So if you happen to be in Glasgow this week, go and see the Book of Mormon. It's running at the Glasgow Theatre Royal until the 26th of November. <gasps> I'm brilliant. I'm not used to... See, recently, I've only had like one or two things to talk about. I'm not used to seeing all these, all this theatre. She's but busy. We love to see it. Um, so the other thing we haven't spoken about is your writing, right? Because mm. um, like you said, you do lots of writing, lots of championing for the LGBT mm. plus community. And we also are going to touch on right that it's World AIDS Day coming up on the 1st of December. And I know you're doing things to mark that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's World AIDS Day on the 1st of December. I'm actually running a charity fitness class at Barry's in Soho on Sunday for it. And so all proceeds will go to Terence Higgins Trust. And I think it's just a really nice way just to remember that, like, although AIDS was a crisis that kind of feel like it has passed, HIV is still very real and still very present in a lot of people's lives. And what can we do to help really end that stigma that surrounds it? And it affects so many people in our industry as well that maybe are just silenced um mad trust western bears was a great thing that used to raise money mm. for um, world aids day and anything around hiv awareness which is no sadly really sadly um not here anymore um you said something else what else would you say so you're writing my writing yes yeah. so i write for um a monthly called gay london life check it out it's free in all the gay bars in Soho <laughs> you can pick it up and I just write a well I just write a wellness and fitness column with like a different topic every month I've actually got one due in ready for December I'm thinking of doing like the 12 days of wellness for it I think yes yeah. as opposed to the 12 days of gayness <laughs> exactly yeah. that's probably in the magazine somewhere as well it's just not written by me <laughs> when do you do your writing um when I find time in in around the show and everything. Are else. you like up all night doing it? You like doing no? I really enjoy it as well. So it's something that like kind of comes naturally to me. And if I get ideas, I'll be sitting on the train and just jotting them down. And then by the time I get to actually sit in front of my MacBook, I can actually just like we go just hate it all out onto mm. the page um, but it's something that I really enjoy so it doesn't really feel like a chore and like most of the things that I do to be honest I think that's why I'm, I'm quite blessed because I enjoy everything so even if I'm like feeling tired or fatigued what keeps me going is like the fact I'm Good. rather than like I have to do this it's like wow I get to do this mm. um, so it's all a mindset yeah. oh incredible listen thank you no, so thank much thank you so much for getting stagey with me <laughs> I found time. the stagey inside you got <laughs> there it out. is you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll keep it. You can come, you can come back okay, and we'll great. use it again. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Tafik Folarin. Thank you. You literally spelt it out for us. Yeah. Um, and everybody's come and see Moulin Rouge at the Piccadilly Theatre. Please come. It's a ball. It's so much fun. I will go and see it again soon. I have something for you. Oh, yay. Cute. <laughs> I'm literally going to take this to my dressing room and have my coffee out of it. Your very own. Cafetiere. Oh, it's so you have cute. A my own my Western framework. Cafetiere in your yeah. dressing room. Yes. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what other dressing room essentials for Tafi? Other dressing room essentials. Um, lozenges, of course. <laughs> um, I actually bought a really cute, like, makeup kit holder um, from Muji because I'm, like, I'm very like OCD like that I like to have everything in its little place otherwise I'm like ah chaos which is why moving is quite stressful 
I need you, you, should, you should be directing <laughs> my move for me. That's what I need. That's what I need. Listen, good luck with the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. Um, and we'll do it again. We'll do it yeah, again. Yeah, look forward to it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Frame Show. Make sure you hit subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leave us an Apple Podcast rating and review. We love hearing from you. So follow West End Frame on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our interviews podcast in the frame. This week, we have a double trouble episode with Alice Fern and Simon Bailey, who just left Moon on Bridge, actually. He was talking about that. They came in here last week and caused absolute carnage. Um, it's a really fun episode. And I'll be back next week for another stagey catch-up. Thanks to me. Thank you. Thank you.